Hello, and welcome to episode 60 of the Movie Marathoners podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mati, and joining me today is frequent guest and pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, Ian Anderson. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast, Ian. Congratulations on your MLB debut. Have you been? You know, I've been pretty good. As as you said, uh, debuted in the uh, MLB, Major League Baseball, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, my my group of Ian Andersons on Facebook really enjoyed that there's an Ian Anderson in the MLB now. Did you add him <laughs> to the Facebook group? You, no, we can't find him. <sighs> yeah, I'm guessing he has a private account or something. Yeah, uh, that probably makes sense. They're just really high tier Ian Andersons out there we can't get in touch with. <laughs> You're just like the like bottom of the barrel Ian Andersons. Well, yeah, we're, we're like BC tier in, uh, in our group. Yeah, isn't there uh, a singer, Ian Anderson? Yeah, yeah, from the rock band Jethro Tull. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that's your, like, white whale, I think, for that group. Yeah, he, he's really up there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ian, movies are finally back in theaters. The theaters in Boston and all over Massachusetts, all over the United States are open, and there are finally new movies, which means... This week, we're not talking about any of those movies. We are not going to theaters. Uh, I personally do not feel it is safe still, um, and I don't think I'm going to be going into an inside theater for quite some time. I don't know about you. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. So on this podcast, today we are going to be looking at something that's still on streaming. This week, we'll be running through the animated series on HBO Max, Harley Quinn. So as usual, we'll warm up with a spoiler-free review of the TV show. And then we'll run into spoiler territory where we can talk freely about both seasons of the show. But before we do that, last weekend, Warner Bros. slash DC, they had this huge event called the DC Fandome, which I think is kind of a dumb name, but (laughs) it was a very big event all over Twitter, all over social media. This was a live stream that you could tune into to watch panels and announcements about virtually every upcoming DC property. We got trailers, movie announcements, tons of exciting things that I think are going to be really fun to talk about. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to have a conversation about the DC fandom that comes before Harley Quinn, and that's how we'll do the episode. I think that's going to be super fun, um, but it does feel impossible to talk about some of this uh, superhero stuff without just briefly mentioning the passing of the great Chadwick Boseman. Um, I generally don't like talking about this kind of stuff on the podcast because I find that podcasts and specifically this podcast are kind of meant to be a distraction from the awful, awful things going on in real life. But I thought this death hit me pretty hard and I wanted to Mm -hmm. acknowledge it. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Chadwick Boseman played T'Challa or Black Panther in the MCU. He also did a ton of other incredible roles like Jackie Robinson in 42 and Thurgood Marshall in Marshall. Um, And we found out on Friday that he passed away at the age of 43 due to colon cancer that he was privately fighting for about four years. And I think that's a huge gut punch, especially to know that he gave us performances like what he did in Civil War, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, and Endgame, all while fighting cancer. And I think it really goes to show that you never, you know, you never know the silent battles that people are fighting. Um... He's an inspiration to black and brown children, and he opened the doors to diversity in the superhero genre, and I think that impact will be felt for years to come. Black Panther changed movies, and that doesn't happen without Chadwick Boseman. So thank you for T'Challa, thank you for your bravery, and thank you for your inspiration. Um, Rest in peace, rest in power. Ian, uh, I can't think of a celebrity death that has been this upsetting to me since Stan Lee, and I think... (laughs) I think part of that is just because of how much these films mean to me, not because they're necessarily cinema at its finest or anything, but because they are kind of seminal to our friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, I have great memories of going to Comic-Con in 2017 with you, and we just got glimpses of the entire Black Panther cast. And it was mm-hmm. so exciting to just see all of that before we even knew the phenomenon that it was going to be. And so I think yeah. it was incredible. Uh, and it's, it's, I really just can't believe he's gone. Um, but I want to just give you a chance to say anything before we move on. If there's anything you want to say. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, this definitely did hit me just as hard as, as uh, Stanley, I think. Um, and like you said, there are so many like great things that he's done with his career. It like in movies and out of movies, inspiring people. And just like with Stanley, I feel like it's, 
so easy to uh, not just be upset about this, but look back and see like how many amazing things this person has done. <laughs> yeah. Just like seeing people tweet about him, um, like uh, the guy who's going to be playing Shang-Chi. Um, yeah, Simu. Simu Liu. That was a wild tweet. Yeah. So yeah, just powerful. like what he said, like, like he wouldn't have this opportunity without Chadwick Boseman. Um, characters like Ms. Marvel probably wouldn't be happening in the MCU without Chadwick Boseman. Like so many opportunities were created by him, like proving that, um, you know, a person of color can be a superhero on the big screen, make a billion dollars, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and, and it's just a, really amazing to see. Uh, and we'll definitely miss him, but we're definitely going to remember him in that way, you know? Yeah, I mean, like I said, you will feel his legacy going forward. Everything that the MCU does going forward will not have happened without Chadwick Boseman and without Black Panther. And mm -hmm. it's just, I think it's a, you know, um, the silver lining is that his legacy will be felt, I think. Totally, um, yeah. So... Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Thank you so much for everything. Um, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, the DC Fandom. So um, <laughs> let's clear the air a little bit. Uh, where do we start with the DC Fandom? Um, did you watch any of this thing live at all, Ian? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I think the only parts I caught live, though, were like about Titans. Um, the, and okay. I, was like, I, <laughs> I was like, I don't really care <laughs> yeah i think i'm gonna say here that i don't really want to talk about any of the tv show properties like yeah. i don't care no safe? i i 100 agree <laughs> <laughs> i was looking at a like synopsis of all the news that came out and one of the lines of news that came out was that season seven of the flash is gonna pick up right where season six left off and i was mm -hmm. just like uh, when was the last time that you watched the flash tv show i think maybe season four for me i can't believe that show's still going Oh, no, I actually watched the most recent season. Um, it was, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those shows I can just mindlessly watch while doing something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure these shows are all for somebody that, like, most of them just aren't for me, though. Yeah, I mean, a ton of people tuned into this. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was apparently, like, a crazy amount. And I think, you know, it was a buzz for the week. So that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That weekend, uh, Dan and I went to visit her parents and Dana was somewhere else like doing something and I was sitting in the living room and her mom was like, I tuned into part of the convention, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, huh, <laughs> kind of surprising that Dana's mom would tune into the DC fandom. And then before I said anything to be like, oh, I didn't know you were a DC fan. I realized that the Democratic National Convention was also going on. <laughs> and it was definitely that so before i said anything stupid i realized that and i was like oh yeah yeah i haven't watched any of that so what'd um, you think of batman <laughs> that batman trailer though huh um speaking of let's hop into uh the trailer corner and i think yeah. we will talk let's talk about the batman i think that's the biggest trailer that came out of this debatably uh you know, we also got Wonder Woman 1984 trailer, a Suicide mm -hmm. Squad, I mean, the Suicide Squad trailer thing, and then the notorious Snyder Cut trailer. Uh, but let's <laughs> yes. talk about the Batman first. What are what are your thoughts about this trailer and uh, excitement for the project? Yeah, I'm so excited for the Batman. Um, yeah, you and everyone. Is, this is the most hyped I've been for a Batman movie, I think. Um, and, you know... They sort of said that this was only after like 25% of the filming. I, I don't know how much that actually means to me, but <laughs> I, I think it's pretty cool that they could stitch together a really cool trailer out of that. <laughs> um, but like what stood out most to me out of this was it, it seems like it's going to be following Batman as, you know, the world's greatest detective, mm -hmm. which isn't a thing that we've gotten, I don't think. So like fully formed i don't think we've gotten that in uh any batman movie so far we've gotten like batman beats up uh rachel ghoul batman beats up um i don't know like bane he he kills these people in bvs <laughs> yeah. like it, it, it's only like brute force batman that i think that we've seen so far or like the iron man version of uh batman in the dark knight and i'm really excited to see that side of the character really fleshed out in this um and i think that Assuming it's Riddler, I don't know if it's been confirmed as Riddler as the villain. I think it is, yeah. Paul Dano is, is playing Riddler. Um, okay. Well, 
I think that he's the perfect villain for that because he just wants to prove his like intellectual superiority over Batman. And I think that's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you're saying. And I think the trailer is a good trailer. I think it does a lot to excite people. But there is something still that I talked a little bit about it last week on the podcast that I'm just not really excited about Batman things anymore. And I think part of that is just like a deluge of Batman stuff over the years and just Mm -hmm. getting Batman after Batman after Batman. And I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about Spider-Man to an extent, but I just feel like the Batman character is relatively one dimensional in my opinion. He's it's always brooding to me and yeah, Robert Pattinson, I think, is a great actor, and it's clear in the trailer that he's going to be a great Batman, but he's still mm-hmm. a Batman, and I feel like I'm not – I don't believe that there's anything that's going to be that different than what we've seen before. Yeah, I I, I think I'm going to disagree with you on that just Get because – <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just because, no, yeah. on, honestly, like, repeating what I, I said, I guess, we, we haven't seen the sort of mystery side, and I'm really hoping that they commit to that, and obviously very different than something like Knives Out, but something along the <laughs> same lines as, like, they have you on the edge of your seat trying to figure out in your head what's going on the whole time. I, I hope that they do something like that, where where they really make the audience think, rather than showing showing Bruce think and then he tells us what happened, you know? Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I, I just, I'm so worried that it's just going to be another dark or somehow yeah. even darker brooding Batman. And it's still going to be, my parents are dead. I'm an orphan. I, <laughs> I wear black, you know, like yeah. there, there's just so many other characters I think in the, uh, in the DC universe. And then also like Batman adjacent characters, I think that are, significantly more interesting to me and have mm. offer something that we haven't seen again and again and yeah it's not that you know i again matt reeves great director i thought the planet of the apes movies were incredible so that is you know something i'm really looking forward to to like get to see him in a big budget movie and if it's a batman movie then fine it's just mm-hmm. like there's something that i'm just a little reserved on which is that i don't really care about this i just have no energy left to give for the darkness of this character yeah i get that and if that's what you're what's setting you off i guess then i you probably are thinking the right way because i don't <laughs> think this is gonna be uh any anything but dark you don't think it's gonna secretly be a comedy i mean the the thing is i'm not you know also i'm not asking for it to be like a light romp or anything like that i i get i guess most of my problems really just come from the batman character and the the box that we kind of put him in just for the mm-hmm. sake that he's batman you know um so there's nothing really that i have against robert pattinson or matt reeves or anybody um i guess the one thing i might say is that i don't maybe you can completely contradict me here but the Riddler doesn't seem much different than the Joker, in my opinion. I think they have different beliefs and a different belief system, but a lot of what they're doing, aka torturing Batman, seems very similar. Yeah, I I see what you mean. Um, it depends totally on the interpretation of the characters, but yeah. usually Joker, yeah, he's trying to torture Batman. He like has this weird relationship in his head with Batman. But Riddler, I think, really just wants to prove his intellectual superiority over the character. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just happens to put people in danger to do that. Like, he doesn't care who gets hurt in the process, and that's what makes him a villain. Okay. Um, But but he wants to prove that he's smarter and better than Batman. I gotta say, it's really hard to take Batman seriously also, like, after... All those bad man videos on YouTube of uh, Pete, <laughs> Pete Holmes just being an absolute moron as Batman. Yeah. Um, I'll say one more thing and then we can move on. And I'll promise I'll be less negative going forward. But um, the other thing that what, kind we still of have the Snyder cut, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make that kind of positive. Um, <laughs> All right. But, but one of the things that kind of bothers me about the way that this trailer is received already is that people are kind of pitching it already as like the best iteration of batman and the best batman movie that we'll ever get and oh it's gonna get oscars and it's gonna be nominated and oh best yeah. picture for batman and 
that's kind of a me thing, I guess, to like t- teach myself how to temper my expectations. But I just like get so tired by how every Batman thing has to be the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. And you can yeah. never be like, oh, the Batman was fine. You know, that's not an interesting take, I understand. But mm-hmm. it's just so tiring. It's it's like Star Wars or like yeah, some of that. the MCU films that people actually care about that aren't, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. I get that. Um, but something that does seem promising about this movie and the other movies that we're going to talk about with the DC fandom is that it seems like DC, uh, Warner Brothers, whatever, they're very, uh, it seems like they're committing to like the whole multiverse thing, mm-hmm. not even like a connected multiverse, but they're, con- they're committing to telling just stories now. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like they're trying to connect everything together in some like perfect, not perfect way like the MCU. MCU isn't perfect, but they're tr- it, it doesn't seem like they're trying to do what the MCU was doing with their connectivity. And I, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, you can have a Robert Pattinson Batman who is completely different than the little kid in the Joker, which is completely mm-hmm. different than whoever the hell is showing up in the Flash, which I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about. Um, yeah, yeah I, I do agree that that's like the right way to go because they clearly showed that they stumbled when they were trying to just copy Marvel. And hopefully there's some part of that plan that allows them to create like a justice league thing that is exciting like that, because there there's these characters that people really care about and seeing them team up is important. Um, So hopefully they can do that. But I do think the idea of let's make a remake of seven basically, but it has the Batman in it. So now it's going to make a billion dollars. I do think that's a smart play. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. I just hope they commit to it. Yeah. Let's talk about one of the other movies. We got a Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. And when the first trailer for this came out, like way back before the world went to shit or (laughs) the most recent iteration of the world going to shit. Right. uh, right. Yeah. Um, We got the trailer and I didn't watch it. I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. Whatever. It's fine. But I just felt like I had to watch this just because Mm -hmm. I was starved for content in some (laughs) superficial level. I watched it. Uh, what do you think, Ian? Wonder Woman 1984. You hadn't seen the previous trailers? No. I heard they were very like, it's the 80s. Yeah, I, I guess they were pretty similar to um, to this trailer in the way that they were like making a bunch of 80s jokes. But they sort of extended upon like a few just like cool clips that were in the previous trailers, like uh, her swinging on lightning. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that was in the previous trailers, and I thought it looked really lame in those trailers. I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, like this doesn't make any sense. And also, it seemed like the special effects weren't like at the point that they are now that mm-hmm. at that stage. Um, but I think it looks much better now, and I'm like fully on board now with just being like, okay, this is magic. She's a god. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine with it. It looks cool. <laughs> And I think the whole movie just, like, looks really cool in that way. Like, you just really have to suspend your disbelief. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing with these DC characters is that so many of them are just larger than life in a way that not even, like, Doctor Strange or the Hulk, which are impossible creations, in a way that they, like, just are still grounded. You got Mm -hmm. these literal gods running around, and that's the cool part of DC. I think the, the main issue that I had with the first Wonder Woman was, other than, like, from a story perspective which we can't judge 1984 on um the cgi just really didn't work for me it was very choppy Mm -hmm. and i think already Mm -hmm. the cgi looks better one of the things that people came out of this trailer was complaining that the kristen wig cheetah looked terrible Mm, i don't think so yeah i completely disagree it's they keep saying oh it's cats this is cats too which uh, the thing is, I I could barely see Cheetah in the trailer. I, I like they don't yeah. really show her, and I think the reason for that is because the effects aren't done. But I don't know what people are going off about that. I think this looks like a really solid movie. I don't think it's going to be the best movie ever, but I think it's going to be an entertaining movie. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, is Cheetah you think going to be like the main villain of it? Do you think she's going to be like a pawn or something? Because they also have um, Pedro Pascal. another guy, Ma- Maxwell Lord, I think his name is. Oh, he's in the first season of Supergirl, isn't he? Oh, is he? I can't remember. Am I making that up? No, you might be right. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure he's a villain in the comics. I, I don't know a ton of Wonder Woman history. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> Anything I know from Wonder Woman is from the movie and the like second episode of Harley Quinn. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think I think it looks like a good trailer. I'm excited. Um, yeah. 
Gal Gadot is the perfect Wonder Woman. It's yeah, insane. Yeah, she totally she, is. I, she's not a real human being. It's the same with Henry Cavill, though. Like, I, I feel like while he's not my favorite Superman by any stretch of the imagination, I think he nails that larger than yeah. life uh, look. Yeah, he does. He looks like he was made in a lab. Both of them. He do. does. Yeah, like, totally. Um, all right. So Wonder Woman 1984 that is allegedly coming, I think, in like a couple weeks slash months. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is like October or something like that. Yeah. Let's hope that it gets played in drive ins or something or else I'm not seeing it. So. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to we're going to save the uh, best slash worst for last. So let's go to the Suicide Squad. This is a movie by James Gunn that is like a sequel-ish, reboot-ish thing to just Suicide Squad. Um, I hated <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, first Suicide Squad. Uh, th- there's parts that are fun. I think I watched it once and I have not gone back to it for obvious reasons. But um, there's things to like in that. And I think this looks like a huge improvement. Yeah, this looks awesome. This looks like James Gunn like getting his perfect movie pretty much with his background in like horror and like gore um combined with like what he did with guardians like putting these random characters together making them work well making it funny making you feel for them but he's also combining it with his like rated r side like i am so excited for this movie yeah I, i know i was super hesitant to embrace this movie when they first announced it because like i just I had such a bad taste in my mouth about Suicide Squad. And at the time that they announced this, I did not have faith in anything that DC was doing. And now they've gotten a couple like what I would say, at least on base hits, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I guess we should be clear that this is not really a trailer. It's kind of like a behind the scenes promo thing. You got some character posters and you got some images of people in costumes. Yeah. They also did the cast trailer kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like that's mainly just posters or sort of yeah, moving totally, graphics yeah. and stuff. So we don't actually know what it looks like, but what we have seen I think is cool. Is there any specific character that you're really excited for in this? Um, <laughs> Let me ask, actually, let, let me ask a first question. <laughs> Do you know any of these characters besides Harley Quinn and uh, King Shark, obviously? Uh, I knew a few of them. I'm wait. I'm so excited for King Shark, though. Yeah, <laughs> um, I love King Shark, especially after watching the Harley Quinn TV show. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know if it's gonna be like that kind of King Shark, but I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my favorite characters in the show. We'll, we'll get um, to that. But yeah, yeah, I don't really know that many of them, which makes me. Oh, Captain Boomerang was in the trailer, right? Oh, right. Yeah, he's back. Um, sure. Deadshot, obviously. Mm, um, I don't think Deadshot is. He's not in the he's yeah, not in that movie. Idris Elba's playing somebody else, not Deadshot. Uh he's playing like let me Google it. Rick Flagg, that's his name, right? The other guy oh, yeah. the, puts them together, sorta. Amanda Waller. Um Whoever John Cena's playing, I've heard of that character before. I can't remember. Peacemaker? Now. Peacemaker, yeah. But I, I'm really excited because I haven't heard of a lot of them, which means that James Gunn is probably going to kill a lot of them. Yeah. Because <laughs> we have no attachments to them <laughs> and they probably have very little background or he's going to expand upon their backgrounds. I don't know. I, that's what makes me excited for it because these are characters that you don't see very often and he's going to do some fun stuff with them. Yeah, there's no chance that Pete Davidson survives this movie. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. he's gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it looks like Idris Elba is playing somebody called um, Bloodsport. Oh, right. Yeah. So, I don't know. But all sorts of characters, really diverse cast, too, which is cool. Yeah. it's This movie has a high ceiling. Unfortunately, it also has a pretty low, low floor <laughs> that it could be. It could be pretty bad. But uh, I have faith in James Gunn, and especially, as you said, I feel like this is sort of his Guardians of the Galaxy, but R, which means he's going to get to do some pretty fun shit that I don't think Marvel probably let him do. Yeah, but do do we actually know if it's rated R? I I actually don't know that. That's a good question. Do we also, do we know if the Batman is R? I have no idea with the Batman. Um, I don't don't think a rating has come out for either of them, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously they can't give a rating until the movie's made but like i don't even know if there's a plan for them to have like oh we're going in with an r rating i'm not sure that's a good question yeah um i kind of just assumed that it would be r for some reason yeah me too i I think it will be yeah 
Well, let's move on to something that is definitely not R-rated. It is uh, <laughs> rated TVMA because apparently now it is a four-hour miniseries. That is the Justice League, um, the Snyder Cut, which is coming to HBO Max sometime, allegedly, in 2021. What are your thoughts on the Justice League, the Snyder Cut trailer? Yeah, people can't see me right now, but I just had like my head, my head in my hand, just like shaking it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it will. Well, it better be better than what we got. <laughs> okay, you know, because if it's if you ever get a redo at a movie that's already been released, like it, it should be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Like you've already got like critics, you've got fans feedback. Like it should be better, but I don't think my opinion's going to change that much on it because based on what we saw in the trailer, especially with Darkseid, surprise, Darkseid's in the movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> like I, I still think it's too much. What do you mean too much? Too much crammed into one movie. Okay. Even if it's a four-hour miniseries? Oh, yeah. Just just the way that Zack Snyder intended, probably, yeah. <laughs> for uh, the original release. Four-hour min- four miniseries. Yep. Um, yeah, that annoys me, too. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's the thing with this. Um, leaving the Justice League movie in 2017 or whenever it was, I didn't hate it. It was bad, but it wasn't like... You know, the worst sin is that it's the worst sin is that it's not the Avengers in the sense that, like, there's still some part of you that's kind of excited about watching generic action with characters that you love. And Mm -hmm. the movie is passable in that sense. But that's only because it's like an hour and 59 minutes. And so I think by making it four hours, you've now said, okay, we're, we're telling an epic story, but also you're you're making me spend four fucking hours with it like so it it not only has to be a little bit better it actually has to be quite a bit better because just okay for four hours is gonna be a huge waste of my time and then also like you said if something if you're getting a second chance and like you're promising that oh it was the studio interfering and it's because i couldn't finish my cut and I, i should say with all of that mocking attitude, it's really awful why he wasn't able to finish his cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had to exit the movie for a very serious tragedy. So, like, I, in that regard, I'm glad that he's getting to, like, have the um, catharsis of finishing this experience or whatever. But with that promise comes really, really high expectations. And I don't even care about this movie. So, yeah. I, Especially I, that it, it came out that long ago. I have a really hard time thinking about how the people that like the hashtag Snyder cutters like that were (laughs) online. I have a really hard time believing that they are going to to not be like, oh, this is the exact same thing that was going to come out if Zack Snyder made the movie. Like, I I think they're going to say that. And that's just not possible. Yeah. Like, this is not I'm going to watch it. Maybe I'll enjoy it. I hope I do. But it's not what we were going to get. This is a different movie, you know? Yeah, this is Justice League, the Snyder Cut, in the sense that Zack Snyder is cutting it now. <laughs> yes. Like, this is the, not what we were It's just a new get. Zack Snyder Justice League movie. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, part of that is exciting. And getting to spend that amount of time again with characters that some people, I personally don't really have that much of a connection to any of these characters, but that mm-hmm. some people really care about is great. Uh, it's just the project's inception in general is so stupid in my opinion yeah that it's really hard to care about this but anyways the justice league the snyder cut it's coming yay <laughs> congratulations do you, do you think this is setting like i i hear so many people talk about how this is going to set like a dangerous precedent for for movies do you think that's a thing yeah i mean i i see what people are saying so like basically this was This is one of the things that does bother me about the premise of this is that basically a very, basically, yeah, basically a very loud minority of the internet was yelled loud enough to make a studio give them something that they demanded. And Mm -hmm. there's, I've heard that some Snyder Cut people aren't bad people. I've heard, you know, not all Snyder Cut people, (laughs) whatever, but a lot of them are really 
terrible, rude people and they get mm-hmm. their way by bullying or being belligerent to anything that Warner Bros. posts like, oh, here's our Lego Movie 2 trailer and then underneath it it's released the Snyder Cut release it's just obnoxious mm-hmm. stuff and so yeah. this movie actually coming into existence is like validating that strategy sort of in the same way that like our political climate is kind of validating that you can be a dick and as long as you're a loud dick it's fine like it, it, that's super frustrating to me I don't yeah. know how m- many other things will be able to get this much support though you know it there's one way where yeah this sets a dangerous precedent but there's another way where this is like somebody you know it's like okay this is the one time we do this i don't know what do you think yeah i I guess i sort of feel the same way we've had director's cuts before we've had i think we've had like unfinished versions come out before like Mm -hmm. or improved versions like with the star wars movies they redid some of the special effects and stuff like that um, Blade Runner had a ton of different cuts, but I don't know if we've ever had one that's had this much money thrown at it before. <laughs> well, the other thing <laughs> is that all of those were the studio or the director being like, okay, I want to go back to this thing and finish it. And there's an agreement there. There was nobody on <laughs> like 2000s internet, whatever that is, AOL message boards yeah. that was like, I want remastered versions of Star Wars. and. <laughs> Like, and also calling people awful things to get yeah, it, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that's, that's true. <laughs> so There probably would have been, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what? That's true. That is true. <laughs> so maybe this is just the unnecessary byproduct of how everybody in the world can now say whatever they want online. I yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, there's a uh, hashtag grow, well, growing is relative to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan base. But there, there's a hashtag for a, for a snap cut of the finale because they apparently cut for time, um, like 15 minutes of like tying uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in with Infinity War and Endgame. Oh. I don't think it was cut for time. I think they just like weren't allowed to commit it to the universe. Oh, okay. But there's like a hashtag growing for that now. I'm like, is this because of the Snyder cut? Because yeah. it's not... Well, then there was also like when the Snyder Cut first got announced, there was a release the air cut of the Suicide Squad or sorry, of the movie Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which sounds like a terrible idea. I just I don't I don't care. But I also didn't care about a new Justice League. So, yeah, Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I, I think you and I are sort of in the same place where like. Oh, that wasn't the version of Justice League that was going to come out. We were going to get one that was like Man of Steel or BVS. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's changing one like known devil for an unknown devil. It's like, yeah. I, 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 who cares? Uh, so, I mean, hopefully this satisfied people <laughs> for our, our Snyder Cut talk. I mean, I, I think yeah. it's pretty clear we're not excited for it, but because we're sick masochistic people we're gonna watch it anyways yeah (laughs) i mean i will hate watch it even if it's a hate watch i hope it's something that i can watch with open eyes and be like okay let me appreciate some of this stuff because i i I think that some of the stuff in the trailer at least indicated to me that there were going to be some differences Mm -hmm. so like i got kind of excited seeing kiersey clemens as iris west who was completely cut from the theatrical version so th- there's going to be more cyborg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll just mention a couple other things. I think most of these will be kind of positive. Maybe not this first one. There was an announcement that both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton are going to play different Batmans in The Flash. Are you excited about this? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I like The Flash as a character. Um, he's one of my favorites. And I think it's really fun to be able to... I don't know how big of a part Keaton's going to have, but it's going to be fun to see him again. Uh, this, the same is with uh, the big... I can't remember what it was called now, but the CW crossover mm. um, that happened recently. They had every uh, universe of DC film and TV represented in the crossover, which was so cool to see. And I feel like this is going to be that, but with a budget. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's just like really cool to think about, like the, the the places that they could go with the Flash. 
Yeah. My one reservation is, again, just the crux that is Batman of like relying on Batman. I think it's the mm-hmm. same concern that people had when they put Iron Man in Spider-Man, uh, that they were it was just going to be another Iron Man movie. And I thought Homecoming did a really good job at balancing using Tony Stark as a supporting character. So I really hope that it is just these guys are supporting characters and it's a little yeah. bit of a nod. The other thing I'll say is that it would have been so amazing to see this movie and not know Michael Keaton was going to be in it. Yeah. Like that's people, what I felt like watching the CW thing. I, like they were just throwing tons of actors at me and I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like wasn't, <laughs> I, yeah, I would have loved to see that. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. So I guess, you know, if you really care about the crossovers, this is just stuff that I've heard. I don't I mean, even know if it's true. I sort of spoiled it already. Yeah. Everything's in there. <laughs> but like, like Ezra Miller is in yeah. that. And so is the guy who voices Batman in the animated shows, right? Like, Mm-hmm. Kevin, whatever his name is, Kevin Conroy. That's cool. Um, so, okay, let's just wrap up with a couple other exciting things. They announced a Shazam 2 title called Shazam Fury of the Gods, mm-hmm. along with they showed some Black Adam concept art and made the announcement that he will be facing what is called the Justice Society of America, uh, which sounds like B-list Justice League. I don't know. It's got Hawkman, mm-hmm. Dr. Fate, Cyclone, and Adam Smasher. I know nothing about any of this. Is this something you can explain? Uh, the characters or the story? Yeah, just like what this means. Like, are you excited for it? Um, oh, yeah. I'm really excited for it. Uh, Black Adam is like one of the strongest characters in the DC universe. Strongest as in like like power or strongest as in interesting character oh not really that interesting <laughs> okay, um, okay. But, but very strong he's he's basically shazam if shazam didn't have like a like moral compass mm. or he's like he's like shazam mixed with dr doom i think is a better okay uh version of it he's like a leader of a nation and he like will do anything to protect it and that often clashes with the justice society yeah so what is the justice society I could butcher this. I I don't know that much. <laughs> no, it's like I'm assuming everything you know is 100% accurate. It's like either a prelude or a branch off of the Justice League. Okay. That's sort of what I think it is. And it had like a very different cast of characters and the ones that it listed I'm guessing are because they don't want to recast a new Superman <laughs> or a new Batman for this movie. Yeah. But it's still going to be really fun to see them fight Black Adam. I don't know how they all don't get demolished by him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, the Dwayne Johnson, I believe, mentioned, who is going to be playing Black Adam, he mentioned that Black Adam in this iteration is like a slave from some alien race or something. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be a really cool angle to see what that means. Like, we might see him being... This movie might be like the Killmonger perspective from Black Panther, which would be really yeah. cool. Um, that would be really cool. framing him as some sort of anti-hero or something. That'd be really cool. Again, I don't know if I trust DC to do that, but we'll see. Um, I think The Rock is going to be fun to watch either way, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he's just one of those actors that no matter what you do, he can be in a really bad movie and you can still like watching him do things. Even yeah. if you in your heart and brain know that what he's doing is not good. You know, is that <laughs> yeah. like. Did you see no, Rampage? I, I, I agree. Uh, I haven't seen Rampage, but I've seen the Jumanji movies. Hey, no, the Jumanji movies are actually <laughs> funny and good. Don't slander the Jumanji movies. Right. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to Strike say. Strike two, Ian. <laughs> Let's move on uh, just with one last little piece of information. They're making a Static Shock movie. This is oh, really? so cool. Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. They. I, I don't know if they officially confirmed it, but Geeks of Color reported on it, so I'm taking it as fact. Static Shock movie in development. So cool. I love that character. Did they uh did do they say the title is Static Shock or did they say static? I'm just curious. No, they said a Static Shock movie was in development. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Um or that you know there would be Static Shock movies as well as animated movies or shows or they're like reviving wow. the Static Shock thing. So I awesome. think that's cool. That was like a big cartoon growing up. Oh, yeah. That was like my jam Saturday mornings was yeah. watching Static Shock on WB Kids. And that was before I had cable. <laughs> so it was like like the only time I got to watch cartoons was Saturday morning from 8 to 10. It was like Pokemon, Static mm-hmm. Shock, and then Scooby-Doo maybe. So <laughs> very excited for this. Yeah. All right. That wraps up the uh, HBO 
No, that wraps up the DC <laughs> fandom. Fandom, excuse me. Um, is there anything you want to say, closing words or anything, or should we move on? Just that if I'm ever on this again to talk about DC, I'm probably going to mix up the Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad every single time. So that's just a preface. <laughs> and the same with Eternals uh, when that comes out, because they just retitled that from the Eternals yeah. to Eternals. I can't wait for um, <laughs> David Ayer to make a movie called The Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> just to like make it full circle. All right. Um Let's go ahead and move on to the main review for the day. This is DC's animated series on HBO Max, Harley Quinn. So first I'll just read a IMDb synopsis of Harley Quinn. The series focuses on a single Harley Quinn, as in in her relationship she's single, but there's also just a single Harley Quinn in the show, who sets off to make it on her own in Gotham City. Harley Quinn stars Kaylee Cuoco, Lake Bell, and Alan Tudyk. It is written and produced by Justin Halpern, Patrick Schumacher, and Dean Laurie, and it is created by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm, the two guys who actually created the Harley Quinn character back in the day. You're a strong woman who doesn't care what other people think. Right! Exactly! Reach! If I want a crew, I should be looking for scumbags no one else believes in. That really hurt, you <gasps> Holy shit! Yet, he just became like the least employable person on earth. Exactly. I didn't just get a crew of bad guys. I got the fucking worst. Joker, this is my score. Well, it was. Throw Harley out. If he wants to fuck with me, I will fuck right back. Seems like she's doing pretty well. You know she has HPV, right? Most sexually active adults do. Then anyone who is a respected supervillain is in the Legion of Doom. That's when you know you've made it. If Joker can get in, so can I. You crossed the line, Quinn. You're going to Arkham. Bye-bye. So the Harley Quinn show has two seasons. I believe they originally aired on the DC Universe thing that was kind of absorbed into HBO Max. Uh, the first season aired in 2019, and then the second season aired earlier in 2020. And so far, as far as we know, it has not been renewed for a third season. So spoiler free, Ian, what are your thoughts on the Harley Quinn TV show? Uh, this show is hilarious. Yeah. Um, I Hot think take. even if you don't, <laughs> even if you don't know, like, some of the uh, more obscure characters that are in the show, uh, you don't really need to because they make it like painfully obvious <laughs> why these characters are less known. Um, <laughs> and uh, specifically like Kite Man. I can't like say enough about Kite Man. My We're going to talk about him probably a yeah. lot, <laughs> but he's my favorite character in the show. Um, you wouldn't have heard of him except for maybe in some Batman comics. <laughs> maybe <laughs> but you've never heard of this guy before and he becomes a favorite in this show and i think that's a really cool part of this show there are cameos and side characters of like from like the justice league there's batman obviously because it takes place in gotham but it's really focused on like relationships between like these bc list villains um and what it's like to be like at the bottom of the totem pole and it's so funny yeah, completely agree. Uh, just uh, for people who haven't seen the show or whatever, this is an ultra-violent cartoon. This is very clearly for adults. I was watching this late at night once, uh, and Dana was like about to go to sleep or whatever, and I, I was watching something where Harley Quinn was just cursed out loud or something, and she was like, oh, this is for adults. I was like, okay, first off, offensive. <laughs> Second off, yes, it's for adults. Um, they cuss a lot. There is a lot of graphic violence, um, a lot of sexual innuendo, things like that. The show is also really meta, and it is very much aware of the DC mythos, I would say, and it mm. just makes fun of 
everybody. It drags everybody. Everybody from Superman all the way down to Calendar Man and Kite Man. Um, hey, what do you mean all the way down to Calendar Man? He's top tier, <laughs> baby. <laughs> all the way down to Condiment King. Is that Condiment better? Condiment King, um, yeah. There are so many times in this show where I went to the like DC wiki to be like, there's no way this is a real character. Mm-hmm. And I think there was maybe one time where they invented something in season two that wasn't originally from a comic. But Kite Man is an actual freaking character. And for those of mm-hmm. you who haven't seen the show, Kite Man is a super villain whose power <laughs> is he has a kite that he <sighs> attaches to his back so he can kind of fly when it's windy. Like that's his yeah. super villain power. Um, it's so funny. Um I was watching this to get ready for this podcast and like coinciding with that, I'm reading uh, sort of the history of the like Marvel comics. I'm in like the 60s right now, like all the way at the beginning. And it's so funny the the villains that they make up in the 60s were just like <laughs> absolutely insane. Like, I mean, like Condiment King, he shoots condiments. Um, there's a Marvel villain called Paste Pot Pete. And he just like shoots glue out of a little glue gun. <laughs> like it, it's so funny, like the stuff that they came up with and seeing them all referenced uh, today in the Harley Quinn thing is so funny. I think the craziest Marvel villains that I've heard of is there's like a guy who just can detach one of his arms and throw it at people. Arm fall off, man. Yep. Yeah. And then isn't there a guy who can teleport into the next room doorman or something? Oh, that sounds right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyways, yeah. Uh, Back to this show. I mean, it's just, it's such a funny show. It's really entertaining. I think Harley Quinn is a very good central character, but as is clear from what we've been talking about so far, I think the show's greatest strength is this wide, diverse supporting and cameo characters in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, Harley Quinn is kind of best friends with Poison Ivy in the show, who is also great. And then they kind of have this ragtag crew of just the bottom of DC's barrel that includes basically people who were rejected from being the big supervillains in the um, what is it? What is it called? The evil. Injustice League. Thank you. The Injustice League. <laughs> so you've got King Shark, who we'll talk about in a sec, Clayface, and then Dr. Psycho, who is a telepath, like a really good villain. But the reason that mm-hmm. he's not accepted into the Justice or the Injustice <laughs> League is because on national TV, he calls Wonder Woman the C word um, <laughs> and nobody will touch him. So that's the type of humor that this <laughs> that this is operating even on. Even Darkseid so brings it up. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, so these people that will, like, murder thousands of people just won't touch this guy, won't associate with him because he called uh, Wonder Woman the C-word, which perfectly fair um, that people wouldn't <laughs> want to be around him. So the other aspect of the show that I think is great is that it's very purposefully feminist and uh, girl power in a really smart and creative way. And I think one of the criticisms that people have with the Harley Quinn character is that she's kind of hypersexualized and she's just Joker's side piece and all of this problematic stuff with their relationship and everything. But this this TV show does a very good job at saying we're going to separate Harley Quinn from that character, as I think has been happening in the comics recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of Margot Robbie, probably, but separate from the Joker character, we're going to acknowledge that problematic relationship and actually make the toxic relationship part of the premise of the show and why she leaves him and what she's looking for outside of a relationship with joker i think all of that is great yeah totally uh that that was the only the first episode where they sort of went through that whole growth um not growth um because that's sort of continual over the series but the the initial separation i was like come on let's get through it that's the only episode that i was sort of bored by because i was like i don't want like i know what the show's gonna be get to it yeah (laughs) yeah and i think the uh the first season is really well paced and structured in that it is kind of like there's actually a story and an arc for for harley and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of great themes about exploring what it means like exploring your identity outside of a relationship especially after leaving a toxic relationship all of that is really actually interesting powerful stuff Uh, I do Mm -hmm. think that season two does not have as great of a reason 
to exist, uh, at least narratively speaking. And there's actually yeah. part of that se uh, season, which I think we'll talk about in spoilers, that I don't love because it sort of undermines part of season one. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think this show is, it just has everything. It's so funny, but then it also has characters that you actually kind of care about. Um, but let's go ahead and just move into spoilers because, <laughs> you know, we're already pretty close to an hour here and <laughs> there's some stuff that we definitely want to talk about in specifics. But why don't you summarize your thoughts on the TV show and what people might expect if they haven't seen the show and you're trying to recommend it to them? Yeah, uh, I, I love this show. You're definitely... If you've seen like Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, mm -hmm. uh, you would you would love this show. It's very meta in that way. Um, except like everybody is sort of Deadpool in this show. <laughs> yeah, it's where good they point. all they all know um, the ins and out of uh, ins and outs of the universe, but they're all also caricatures of what you would know them as. Like Batman is only very dark and brooding. That's all he <laughs> yeah. does. Um, Jim Gordon is only a damn good cop. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows it. Um, but it's really that kind of thing. It's so fun to watch. Um, if you're at all a fan of the DC universe, I guess even if you're not, like this is a good place to dive in and learn everything all at once. Like the basics yeah. of everything all at once, though. <laughs> Um, I think it's a really great show. I think I'd give it like a eight out of 10 so far. Yeah. Nice. I completely agree. I think it's a great show. Um, I think it's a great, I mean, speaking of how awful people in fandoms can be, I think it's a great middle finger to a lot of, or not even a lot, but the vocal minority of misogynistic and racist comic book fans that mm -hmm. think they're comic book fans, but don't understand what comic books are about. I think this That's TV show- That's what Dr. Psycho's there for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's even a season in episode two that explicitly- Scene. Yeah. 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 Scene. Uh, season two. There's a scene in yeah. season two that explicitly makes fun of um, like Snyder Cut people. And so, <laughs> yeah, the, the show is just really smartly written. It's really fun. I would say that this is actually a show that like is best to be spread out over time instead of watching in just one binge because part of the- like the best part about this show to me is the energy and the kind of chaotic unpredictability of the show. And once you watch a couple of them in a row, you get just naturally kind of numb to the shock humor. And I think yeah. when you've taken a bit of time back and then you watch another one, I'm instantly just laughing my ass off from like one of the first two pieces of dialogue. Yeah, I think that might actually be why I enjoyed season one so much more because I was watching it on DC Universe and it came out like one episode a week. So I, I really had to pace myself, I guess, a week for the episode. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it was a lot better that way. And there are tons of shows like mostly comedies, I think, where you do grow numb to the the style that they do. And I think this is like any of those. Yeah, so definitely 8 out of 10 for me too, Harley Quinn. Um, let's talk about spoilers. Spoilers for Harley Quinn through season two, starting now. That's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. So there is a thing in season two that happens where... Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn start a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I didn't think it was that great of a plot line. Um, I really thought that Harley Quinn was much more interesting as a single independent character. And I didn't like that she was just suddenly again trying to define herself in a relationship. And then I also thought it kind of undermined everything that I thought was really I mean, as insofar as like this silly animated show can be beautiful, but but that was really so beautiful about the first season, which was the female friendship and the idea of friendship being a type of love that is can be better and stronger than romantic love, especially if that romantic love is toxic, like it was in the case of mm -hmm. Harley and Joker's relationship. So I didn't love that it was just like, oh, no, actually, they're romantically involved now. Um yeah, I, I I sort of agree. I it was one of those things you could also see coming all season long. I yeah. think, and certainly not because one of the title cards on one of the episodes shows them kissing, and I was like, oh damn, I I see that coming from six episodes away. 
Oh, see, I saw that, <laughs> and I didn't know if it had to do with uh, like Ivy's powers yeah. or not, because oh, she she like influences people with kisses sometimes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I agree. I think Harley is not that she shouldn't be happy with someone, but, but I do <laughs> think that I, that was something really great where you got to see her on her own, and maybe if like, not that I want like 18 seasons of this show but if it if they did something where they ended the show with that and built up to it um after after like going through more growth um i think that would have been better yeah well i mean i also definitely don't want to say there shouldn't be an lgbtq relationship in a major thing which so it's like kind of sucky i guess so like what I, I what I think I really wanted was to keep the the Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn like female friendship thing that you don't really get, especially in superhero movies, because I mm-hmm. thought that that was really powerful. I was like they do love each other, but they're friends and that's good. And I think, again, with like an 18 season or, you know, whatever thing, introducing another character that can be female or whatever and having that be Harley Quinn's romantic person that she realizes yeah. is loves her in a non uh non-toxic way i think that would be more effective and also they did my boy kite man dirty what the hell i know i was so sad for him yeah (laughs) i mean i am glad that he was sort of like realized that he shouldn't be going through with the wedding because she clearly didn't love him or whatever it's kind of silly that we're talking about this show like this um (laughs) (laughs) because this is a character that has a freaking kite on his back (laughs) but hey (laughs) yeah i mean um yeah, so so you mentioned you don't want this to be eighteen seasons, but do you want a third season or? Yeah, I think I, I think I want a third season at, le- at the very least to see where they go with this uh, relationship. Okay, and also they just introduced like Batgirl, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, she's a cool character. She's really funny. Um, I do think that you can kind of maybe it is just the binge model of it, but you can kind of feel the car running out of gas a little bit towards the end of season two, where. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with fight scenes, for example, it's a lot of her just kicking people's heads off and stuff where I'm like, I see it's now not as unpredictable as it was at the beginning. And it does suffer from that a little. Yeah, I don't know, again, if that was just a part of the binging experience, though, if that would have been a different thing if I had seen an episode a week, you know? Yeah, that's true. It's so hard to tell with shows nowadays. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I certainly wouldn't like be upset with a season three or anything um mm-hmm. i i wouldn't hate if there wasn't one either though because it does have a relatively good ending but yeah at least one or maybe two more seasons to kind of wrap things up and then also this is just such a great sandbox and there's so many things that they could do right like there's yeah. so many characters that they haven't touched and every time they touch a character it's like the funniest thing in the world mm-hmm is there, do you have a favorite character in the show other than Kite Man? I'll exclude him. Other than Kite Man. <laughs> um, either uh, either Jim Gordon or um, King Shark, probably. Yeah. King Shark <laughs> is my go-to. He is so funny. <laughs> the, um, the scene when he gets like mind-controlled by Dr. Psycho and uh, <laughs> Batman is about to fight them and he's done the Justice League, like, don't worry about the clay monster, he's harmless, and the shark doesn't like violence, and then mm-hmm. he just like murders a guy or whatever. <laughs> um, just whenever King Shark does anything where he kind of has to be violent but doesn't want to, it's so funny for me. Yeah, it, it is. And... Uh- I think one of the reasons I really enjoy Jim Gordon, like he, you know, he's just like an alcoholic, sad guy a lot of the time, yeah. but he's also very much the police officer, Jim Gordon, with like the whole like damn good cop thing every, every time he does a cop <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really funny because one of, uh, the Batman series that I've been reading recently is, uh, sort of along the same line as like the plot. In, in season two, Batman is hurt and Jim Gordon has to take over for Batman. And it's so <laughs> funny. It's like it's like the equivalent of the CW Flash. Like uh, they solve a storyline just by Iris being like, run, Barry, run in the comic. It's <laughs> like it's like it all leads it all leads up every time to Jim Gordon being like, you have to do this because you're a good cop. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's it, it's so funny the way that they played specifically that up in uh in the show because that just goes to show how good they are with their characters and understanding like the roots of them yeah and knowing also just the mythos of each character like what yeah, each character yeah. means in uh like the collective consciousness even mm-hmm. right like like you said none of the characters are really fleshed out other than harley and to an extent poison ivy but like batman is just uh, he's not like a he's not like a parody of batman but he's batman stripped to his two characteristics yeah. and then they just make it's fun like of it. lego batman yeah or like when superman shows up it's just superman is so perfect that even Boy wonder Scout. woman hates him <laughs> yeah. like every time uh-huh. superman says something wonder woman's just like rolling his eyes and it's so yeah it's it's so funny is there a character that hasn't been in the show that you want to see featured in a potential third season using Ooh. all your dc knowledge i truly can't think of anyone there have been so many characters in this show in even yeah. just little parts that's a really hard one have they done slade no they haven't uh yeah i i think i would choose him oh well deathstroke <laughs> is kind of cameoed at some point i think he's also oh, he like is. one of the no that's kg beast i think is one of the people that is also in Harley Quinn's class of being recruited to the Injustice League. Maybe Deathstroke is there too. I don't know. Yeah, he might have been. I'm I'm also remembering now that Bane is in this show and everything oh, they do with Bane. Oh yeah, Bane's, is Bane's so one of my favorite characters. Funny. <laughs> He's like that that one character that every comedy has where they just like dunk on this guy yep. <laughs> <laughs> every time he's on screen. Yeah. Um, I actually have one question just to wrap it out. Um, this Clayface character, I think, is hilarious, and he just basically mm. wants to be an actor because he can change yeah. his shape into anything. Is that at all how he is in the comics? Like, I mean, he's an actor in the comics, but he's not the, like, I have to be an actor at all times okay. kind of thing. Okay. It's like every once in a while, he'll make a nod to it and be like, I can do this, don't worry, because I was an actor once. Okay. Okay. His his whole character and the fact that he and like half the other characters are played by Alan Tudyk is so funny. Um, Alan Tudyk's Joker. JD's move is really funny too. Oh, as Frank the Plant. Yeah. <laughs> um, the voice acting in general, I thought, is pretty good, and they have some very talented people in here. Yeah. Um, I do think Kaylee Cuoco kind of yell acts a lot in a way that is a little bit grating i think like marco robbie's harley quinn her kind of demeanor is better but um mm-hmm. overall great show great cast i it's such a fun time yeah and you didn't believe me you made fun of me on this podcast i think once for bringing this up as my point too did i uh, or you made a, made fun of me on a run once because I was like, I've been watching this Harley Quinn show. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Well, yeah, no, I I will eat crow if I did that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, what sold it on me was you sent me some YouTube clips of Kite Man just being a yeah. shithead. <laughs> and it was so funny that I just was waiting until they dropped it onto HBO Max. So I'm so mm. glad it's on there. You should definitely check it out. So this has been our review of Harley Quinn, as well as our discussion of the DC fandom. Ian, thank you for joining me as always. Um, is there anything specific that you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at IAnderson. The O is a zero. You can uh, look forward to me tweeting about uh, my newly recovered uh, Neopets account. Oh my God. L- later this week. Um, that'll <laughs> be fun. <laughs> so it's still like completely set up like you can log in and everything i i I logged in and my only neopet it said his condition was dying um but his happiness was content oh (laughs) well if that's not the perfect state for 2020 i don't know what is we're all dying but we're content with dying because that's all we can be uh okay well thanks thanks for joining me ian um of course the intro music for this episode is a piece called Work by Kevin McLeod, and you can find more of his work at incompetech.com. If you'd like to keep up with this podcast and find out when we release new episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at MovieMarapod or on Facebook at facebook.com slash MovieMarapod. That's MovieMarapod. And you can always reach out to us at our email, MovieMarathonersPod at gmail.com. 
You can find more episodes of this podcast at our website, evergreenpodcasts.com slash movie dash marathoners. And we are also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Overcast, Himalaya, and CastBox. So please subscribe or write a review if you like what we're doing and any feedback you have to help improve the podcast is always appreciated. So thank you all for listening and we hope you'll join us again next time when I am joined by Rosa and Kat from the Latinx Lens podcast to review Disney's live action epic coming straight to Disney Plus for one tiny payment of $30, Mulan. So I will be forking up money for that. Ian, how about you? You forking up money for that? Oh yeah, totally. Of course. Movie theaters, I miss you. So stay tuned for that. Until then, bye. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever you know i think the pause right there is probably more important than the word amazing athletes like boxing champion buster douglas when a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up that's when i knew it was over yeah Yeah. right and yes bigfoot chasers do you believe in bigfoot and if so does he really eat beef jerky (laughs) the bigfoot thing is people have seen these and and i've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it it's whiskey business with dino chipotas join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour You really can't ask for much more than that, can you people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.